What is up, Facebook? This is a new show. You see my face for the first time here on the Jay Stevens podcast page. And to my left, um, it is a gentleman that I have been a good friend with for quite some time. And we are starting a new show today. Yes, the Jay Stevens podcast is not going to die. But we're starting a new show called Let Fans Talk with Jay Stevens myself. And this is a space for fans like Garrett Grandy, the gentleman that you see here with me, to talk about what it's like being a fan of the area or the team teams in this in this case that he is a fan of Garrett Grandy, a lifelong unfortunate Boston sports fan. <laughs> and growing up, well, growing up, we were younger in college. We talked trash a lot. And well, now is the time for Garrett and I to be able to kind of talk trash, but more in a civilized manner than it was when we were in college. Garrett Grandy, a lifelong sports fan. Thank you for being the very first guest here on Let Fans Talk with Jay Stevens. Garrett Grandy, how are you doing, man? Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm honored. I didn't know I was the first guest. I appreciate that. And yes, uh, I will try to be as civilized as possible. Uh, it's quite, quite obvious. You know, I got the Patriots, you got the Colts. So there's a, there's a rivalry there. It's kind of died down over the last few years, but back in the day when I was in college, you were in college, it was, it was great times. It was a great time to be a fan and uh, I'm honored to be here. I appreciate it. No problem, Garrett. I'm glad you can be here. I am very glad that uh, we can talk about your fandom and I personally wore this hat, had to keep the logo behind me of the Jay Stevens podcast. But Garrett, he said he'll be ready in just one moment. Now, I'm thinking Garrett had a to-do list, a honey-do list that his wife gave him. But Garrett Grandy had to put on some gear to kind of rub it in my face <laughs> that his part of the country, all they do is win. I believe it's a Boston Bruins t-shirt and a, and a New England Patriots. Forget that team hat he has on right now. I don't like him. Right I, now, I know that I should not be a, a biased person, but my fandom runs deep in me, just like Garrett's. So, Garrett, um, first off, what was it like growing up a fan of Boston sports? Sure. So, you know, when I was younger, I wasn't that big into sports. But I think as I kind of got in my teenage years, it was more like the camaraderie around family and friends. And you just had that, like, feeling of community among fellow sports fans that's just infectious you know you, know, you go to these Super Bowl parties and, and you see you know you go over somebody's house I remember the first time I went to my dad's friend's house Mike and he had all these signed jerseys and tickets and you know I was kind of introduced if you will to the history of Boston sports and it's such a rich history uh, that's one of the things about it you've got a lot of new teams uh, cities that have new teams but you know, even with the Bruins and, and, and the Patriots going down, like on 60 years, Celtics have been around since the beginning of the NBA. And so it's a rich history. And so growing up, even even when uh, the teams weren't that good or haven't won in a while, it's just one of those things that's like a, a family thing. Uh, it's passed down, you know, from generation to generation. And I'm sure you could say the same uh, about, you know, Indianapolis Colts and, and, and uh, the Pacers, you know, similar. Uh, it's just kind of passed down to you. So the passion, if you will, was passed down to me, probably from my dad and, and, and his friends and just, you know, local radio and news. My dad always had the local radio on. I can hear people arguing and, and eventually just kind of caught on. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's that infectious camaraderie, family type, uh, you know, events that kind of sparked a fire in me for the for the teams. What would you not say? What would you say? What was the first game? as far as Boston sports, any other Ooh. sports. I mean, you guys got hockey, basketball, baseball, 
football. It's disgusting how many sports you guys are good at. <laughs> guys, forgive me. My bias is not going to go away. I'm going to keep talking trash to Garrett this entire time. This is one of the rare times I can do this because at the end, I'm throwing a shot at him about this year's Patriots team. But what was the first game, Boston sports, that you attended? And what were some early memories um, from you from your childhood? So um, you want first when I attended? So um, – because I, you know, I can, I think it's some ones I've watched. The first one that I ever attended was, was, I think it was back in 20, like, I would say like 20, 2010, 2009. was like, I was probably like 15 or 16. was like the first time we ever really got to go to any games. And we went to a Celtics game. The Celtics were horrible. I mean, horrible I mean, at that time. And they had players you never even heard of. If I told you the players, you know, who's that guy? But I remember when I went there, the people were still like excited. And like this team is terrible, but people just love love the team. They love representing the team, the name, the sport. And I, I think it's a city thing. It's a pride thing. You saw back, you know, when the marathon bombings happened, how much sports played a role. And I think one of the most moving scenes in probably sports history is the Bruins played that night after mm-hmm. the bombing had taken place, and all the fans were there singing the national anthem. And I think this might have been one of the most moving, not just as a you know um, Boston fan, but as a sports fan in general. How can you not like? be moved by that um so probably i'd say you know that was probably the first game i attended now the the game that really kind of got me interested in boston sports in general i remember i was a young boy and we had i think we had like two or three feet of snow and it was the tuck rule game i know everybody hates talking about the tuck rule game yes and i I didn't understand back then i didn't understand all the rules or what was going on i just remember like thinking that's a fumble it's over and i put my head down and then all of a sudden we had the ball back and went on to win. There's the, there's the history from there. We could go into that, but I just remember that was the first, I was like, my heart was pounding and just like the intensity of that. Uh, you know how that is playoff moments. It's so intense. And when you're invested. And so that was like the first game that I watched that I was invested in, that I felt the intensity, the pounding, you know, in my, in my chest to root for my team. So, um, yeah, the tuck rule game, and then you that back in 2010, our horrible Boston Celtics was the first game I ever attended. That was shortly after the the Celtics won the championship, if I remember right. Yep, and after that, they just got old, and I think they, I think it might have been after they kind of tanked to get some picks, and they were kind of you know in that transition period, kind of where the Patriots are now, <laughs> hopefully transitioning, and so. You know, yeah, that was right after they won the championship in 08. And then, yeah, and then and then we kind of we, – we went when they were just bad. <laughs> it, was cheap. it was cheap. That's that's what was the good part about it. It was okay. cheap. Okay. Cheap tickets are always good. Let's stay in the early 2000s. Patriots, sure. Tom Brady, mid-90s, I believe, they went to the Super Bowl. I know they were also in the Super Bowl in the 80s as well. Didn't win in either the 80s or the 90s. But then all of a sudden, Drew, Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. This kid from the University of Michigan, this Wolverine, late round pick, either sixth or seventh round pick. I forget right now how late of a pick he was. But Tom Brady comes in, and people think, a lot of people think, it's all about Tom Brady. It's all about Tom Brady. Tom Brady was the reason that they won. But what do you remember, aside from the tuck rule, from that team that made that Patriots team so special? Easy. Uh, The defense. Uh, Brewski. Uh, McGinnis, there's so many guys that were just incredible. Uh, Vrabel's another one, great coach now, uh, Titans coach. 
uh, Vrabel. I mean, you could see how he is as a coach. He's kind of like a jerk almost. <laughs> he was, I'm sure he was that way. As a, the, all those guys were like in your face, Ty Law, Richard Seymour. There's, there's so many. You're absolutely right. Um, as time went on, they, they did rely on Brady more, but early on it, that defense was just all time great. So it, it didn't, uh, you know, you didn't have to rely so much uh, on the quarterback. So I remember from those early teams, just the grittiness. Um, they weren't like 13 and three or 14 and two or putting up 40 points a game. They were going to beat you 17 to 10. It was like grinded out, you know, snow games and, 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 you know, guys a mess and the uniforms are dirty. And it was just, that's, that's who they were. And it was like, it was an exciting, it was an exciting time for sure. Cause Patriots fans weren't used to winning anything. <laughs> I mean, like you said, one Super Bowl in the nineties, one Super Bowl in the eighties. And we got, I think we faced the 86 bears and, <laughs> and then the Packers with Brett Favre all the time, like ran into like all time, great teams didn't have a chance. And so, yeah, that, that, that all, that really changed kind of like the culture, if you will, people talk about that, the culture, uh, there's a culture of winning and, it, and that was really developed with those guys that would just knock you down. And, and <laughs> it was like a boxing match. Those, even those early ASC championship games with the Colts and Patriots and divisional games that we had, they were, they weren't blow them out games. You can look back and you see like they were 20 to 17, 17, 14. Why? Cause they, both of those teams were just gritty and going to fight hard. And so it was exciting. It was exciting at that time. There are, there are a couple of players from that Patriots team and I'll get off the, off this in a second. Cause this is going to bring back some harsh memories. Teddy Bruschi. I remember it was one play. I believe it was in new England, cold, snowy, I believe Edron James got the handoff going right to the line. And next thing I know, Bruschi and James meet. Teddy Bruschi wrestles him down to the ground, and I believe he caused a fumble, ripped the ball out of his hands. And I'm like, what kind of guy is this that he's just <laughs> doing this? But they were so smart. Their, their, their IQ, football IQ, talk a lot about basketball IQ. That Patriots team, honestly, with their smarts, I believe they were ahead of their time. And what Belichick was doing scheme-wise with those teams, he was ahead of their time, not moving away from the 3-4 when a lot of teams are still doing the 4-3 even back then. That 3-4 defense gave Peyton Manning fits every time didn't matter if it was the Steelers the Chargers or the Patriots that 3-4 defense gave them fits one more another player Ty Law everybody talks about Rodney Harrison but I don't believe that Tom Brady gets those rings and gets the success that he had early in his career if it wasn't for Ty Law and he was terrorizing not just Peyton Manning he terrorized every quarterback because he was two to three to four steps even ahead of them. Another guy not on the Patriots, but Ed Reed had mental battles with Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning was like, oh, if I do this, Ed Reed is going to do something, is going to do this. Well, Ed Reed said, well, if I do this, Peyton's going to think this. I got to do the opposite. These guys were ahead of their time. That's why they're all timers. Bruski, Ty Law, I don't like playing against him, but Garrett, I respect those two players and what they brought to the team. You know, and I'm so glad you mentioned somebody like Ed Reed too. Because I've seen you, you look back at like early, early videos, you know, back when there wasn't Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you know, you just had the guy in the room with the video camera and the coaches and the players were talking, you know, and you could see, I could see a young Brady there with Belichick and all they could talk about was Ed Reed. What are we going to do? Where's Ed Reed on the field? And you could hear, even Peyton Manning was the same way. You could hear him on the field, point out, point at Ed Reed, say, there's Ed Reed, not say his name, but. There, you know, there he is. On the, okay, I'm watching him, watching him, watching him. And even back, was it last year? Uh, Ed Reed, I think, is a coach now or a defensive coach for the something Ravens like, or one of the like a coordinator of some sort. And he and Brady looked at him and said, Man, they had to bring 
Mr. Kryptonite. <laughs> you know, like Ed Reed was Ed Reed was Kryptonite for Manning, for Brady, uh, you know, Roethlisberger. I mean, oh man, that guy was all time, maybe the best, one of the top five, top ten defensive players of all time. Uh, and you know, Ty Law's in that similar mold. I wouldn't put him as high as Ed Reed, but man, oh man, you're you're absolutely right. They're, the scheme that they would be able to put up against a Manning, against a Roethlisberger, uh, against some of those guys in the early, even uh, I remember back <laughs> we played uh, the Steelers. It was Cordell Stewart, mm-hmm. and that that team was really good offensively. Mm-hmm. Hines Ward, Randall L. There were so many uh, the Obedis, and that team was loaded. And then they ran up against that scheme, that team, and just couldn't get anything down the field, couldn't do anything. And it's just, like you said, they were ahead of their time and it was impressive to see. And I feel like over the years, it was almost like the Colts and Tony Dungy started to kind of adopt that same mold. Like, okay, I know how we're, you know, if we are going to use this against us, we're going to use this against you, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and the 06 and, and, and uh, a couple other times um, you guys uh, beat us in the AFC championship game a couple times and uh, to get to the Super Bowl and, and it was the same, similar type of scheme, same type of almost similar, similar players too, uh, that they drafted. Cause you guys had Bob Sanders, like these hard hitting safeties, cornerbacks. So man, it, the game back then, I almost, people would say, Oh, the game today is so exciting. Cause you know, it's all offense and there's basically hardly any defense anymore. And it almost, I kind of almost miss those marquee defensive players. You don't see it as much anymore. And so it's like, it's exciting. It was exciting back then. The defensive battles, the coaching battles, the quarterback safety, cornerback battle, you know. All right, I'm right there with you. And one thing I missed before I'll go to basketball here in a second, talk about old school battles, Eddie George and Ray Lewis. The immense sheer respect they had for each other, but the hatred at the same time. Respectful, but also the hatred. You're the middle linebacker. I'm the running back. You're a bruiser. I'm a bruiser. Who's going (laughs) to win this battle? And I I loved it. I loved it. Ray Ray Lewis. Lewis. (laughs) <laughs> you, Eddie George brought the best out of Ray Lewis every time they met on the field. Yep. We see Derrick Henry. Who is a middle linebacker that's going to face up with Derrick Henry and be like, well, I'm going to stop you. I, I don't know. I don't know. No, Darius, don't Leonard is, Darius Leonard is good. Anthony Walker is a middle linebacker for the Colts. I don't know anybody where we're going to get a running back and a middle linebacker, the old school style. The rules kind of, Garrett, the rules don't really lend it to have that style of play or that type of battle anymore. Um, nope. Garrett Basketball. I know early on when I was a kid, Pacers fan, I'm not switching hats right now, but to keep the Colts hat on. But early on, <laughs> it was Pacers and Celtics. They'll meet in the playoffs quite a bit. And I remember before that, my very first All-Star game that I can remember watching, NBA All-Star game, 1998, Madison Square Garden. There was a guy by the name of Antoine Walker. I believe he's from Chicago, Illinois. And my <laughs> goodness, Antoine Walker, man, Celtics fans, y'all can't stand the guy. But I love watching that man play. He was six <laughs> foot eight. He could run the point. And he had a little shimmy when he would start scoring to get on the get yeah. on the roll. I loved him. I liked watching <laughs> him play. Paul Pierce, not so much. Paul, Pe- Paul Pierce has an old man game. I still I call him Uncle Paul all the time because he still has an old man style of game. You mentioned James Harden in the in the family reunion. Hey, Paul, Paul Pierce is the same way. Family reunion style, they'll kill you. The old school old man. I'm not gonna move very fast, but I'll score all the points on you. I like I like Antoine Walker. I like I don't like Paul Pierce as much. But those early days of the Celtics, early 2000s, that stuff, man, that stuff st- still t- sticks out to me. And then he moved on, and you guys had to face my man, Kobe. Got him once, but didn't get him twice. No. Hey, I don't know if you saw this, but the oh other boy. day, I, oh Lamar boy. Jackson, Lamar Jackson, he, 
I haven't laughed this hard in quite some time. They ask <laughs> he's, he's cramping. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's cramping or something. You got to go. He he said, "Well, I'm not Paul Pierce." I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. I did see that. I did see that. See that Paul Pierce admitted, "Oh, I didn't have any problems. I just had to go to the bathroom." I mean, Paul Pierce is one of those players to me, like a James Harden, that go out eat a K- Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket of chicken <laughs> before the game, drop forty on you, hit nine. <laughs> Hit the game-winning shot, and you'd be like, "Who is this guy? Where did he <laughs> from?" There's no athletic. There, there's no athletic build. None. There's not. There's not a lot of reach. There's not a lot of talent. But it's just that that dog in you. You gotta have that dog in you, and that's what Paul Pierce had. And yeah, you're right. Antoine Walker is like a sore spot <laughs> with Boston fans. He kind of reminds me of Manny. Like Manny Ramirez was was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. It's just he was he was so lazy on the field mm-hmm. they drove people nuts mm-hmm. <laughs> because there was no there was like you didn't see any effort in him but yet he could just hit the ball 480 feet yeah uh and and and, and antoine was the same way you know he, you didn't see a lot of like fight him or dog but when he was on the court he could play he could just the ball found him you know <laughs> and he was able to create shots and he was just yeah he <laughs> i can uh i can hear those uh those um highlights in my head the great uh i can't remember his name right now tommy heinson just passed away uh celtics legend and i could hear him you know talking about the tommy points you know he used to call the game <laughs> <laughs> and antoine i could hear him right now shouting out antoine walker you know just shout because he wasn't like the greatest analyst in the world he was just he just shout the guy's name out <laughs> when he did something and i just remember like you know antoine walker and paul pierce those are some good teams they 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 went into the deep in the playoffs the problem was the nets we kept yeah. losing the nets Richard Jason Jefferson. Kidd, Kenyon Martin. Every year we'd end up with the Nets and the it was either the semis or the or the finals, Eastern Conference Finals, and they would knock us out every single year. And then LeBron showed up, and I'm like, oh man, we just can't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> you went from you know, then you had the Pistons in the early 2000s too. So it was like one in the Spurs, it was just one dynasty after the other. And so you just can't really. And then of course, you know, obviously the Lakers, and like you said, Kobe, we got him in uh, was 20 uh, oh, 08. And then back in uh, 010. But we won't, you know, we won't talk about the fact that Kendrick Perkins blew his ACL. It's kind of might have helped Mr. Kobe Bryant out a little bit. But the rest of the <laughs> Black Mamba, I, I don't disrespect it. No, 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 I got to stop. I got to stop. Kendrick <laughs> Perkins ACL, the reason yeah. why he didn't win a championship? Absolutely. Come on. He was Gary. He was you can be better than that. Bynum, Gasol. I don't want, bro, I'm telling you, man. And Gasol traveled in game. I'll never forget it. Saul traveled in game seven. We were up two. Saul traveled. The foot hit the ground. They didn't call it. They didn't want Kobe to win. Like, we all know that. And... <laughs> um, Garrett. Get, yes. Garrett. Oh, my yes. goodness. Kendrick Perkins, of all people. Of all people. <laughs> you had so much Go time on that and team, and you're blaming the ACL of Kendrick Perkins as to why you lost the NBA championship. Come on. <laughs> Come on, I, man. I have to come up with some reason, man. I can't. It, it, you know, that's the thing about us Boston fans. We got to find a reason. You know, Brady blew out his 17 stitches in his hand. The guy didn't pump up the balls enough for deflate gate. Does there's got to be? A it's, it's called. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. This is 2020. <laughs> let's be realistic and keep it. At, at, let's keep things real. You guys cheated. You guys. Oh, I was not planning. I was not planning on going here, but you guys cheated numerous no, times. You hold guys on, are recording the film here. of the Bengals. Excuse me, the Bengals. The Cincinnati sorry Bengals. We already so- know about this. That the they know that we know the Bill Belichick was exonerated in that situation. We don't have to get into that. We can we 
we can uh, we can pass by the Bengals thing. But hey, bro, we know it was seven nothing in that halftime, and then uh, seven you know seven nothing at halftime, and all of a sudden they pumped the balls up correctly, one forty five to seven. I'm sorry, man, but that night when you guys ran that fake punt, worst play of all time punt thing with uh, Griff Whaling and <laughs> there's no way they were going to win that game. I don't care if it was a beach ball out there, man. Sorry. Look, man, you guys cheated. You guys oh, cheated. Boy. You guys recording practices of the Jets in like 2000. Do we want to talk about the crowd noise? We, we know. Crowd we noise. Know they was pumping what crowd, crowd noise? noise I RCA don't know Dome. what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> I have no idea. The RCA Dome was amazing for sound, and now you're turning into crowd noise. You guys blatantly got caught for cheating, got a slap on the wrist by Roger Goodell, Robert Kraft's What buddy. happened then? What happened after that? I mean, if they gave us such a competitive advantage, what happened after that? You guys can't keep cheating. You can't. <laughs> I was not going to – I'll go. I'll come back to cheating here in a little bit. Because cheating, <laughs> cheating may help this year's team. But the but the basketball, the basketball and the baseball, it's it's amazing. Garrett, honestly, thinking about <laughs> thinking about one one area, the Lakers. They, I mean, Los Angeles. They just got a football team again. Boston area. They've had a football team the entire time. Um, you go down to Miami. They don't have the success that Boston no. sports fans do. Indianapolis, my home. We got the Colts. Got the Pacers. Have no baseball. Have no hockey team. Baseball, AAA, no hockey. Hockey, minor league as well, but it's hard to find an area. Go down to Texas and Dallas. They're not having the success that the Boston sports fans are. I don't know well, how in the world they continue to find people to be in baseball and basketball and even the Bruins. And it it makes me sick at times. But the sports fan in me, as hard as this is, as this is to say, there's a respect factor for what Boston is doing for what Boston sports fans are able to enjoy. Yes, finding an excuse as a fan, there are times you want to try and find an excuse to not accept the reality of whatever is happening at that point in time. But if we talk about the early 2000s, talk about the, the, the Patriots, talk about the Celtics, that I think it was 03 or 04 ALCS against the Yankees coming back from down 3-0. I, I can see the smile on your face right now and everybody on Facebook is like, wow. Every, when you mention baseball, Garrett gets a smile on his face. Garrett, can you please explain what that situation means to you as you change hats. Wow. <laughs> Wardrobe change right here, live on Facebook. Maybe I should change. <laughs> I, I got to get the Red thing. Sox, man. I got to hey, get man. baseball. Hey, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all, Garrett. As a baseball fan, I know you're a big baseball fan. What that particular series, not just the entire lifetime of you being a baseball fan of the Red Sox, fan of the Red Sox that series alone, as you look back, what are some oh. thoughts? What does that mean to you? When you and your oh, buddies man. talk about that series, what things come up about that miraculous and crazy comeback? Absolutely the greatest comeback in the history of sports. You could say the the even the you could I hate to bring and say it the Patriots Falcons, but I mean that's what we have to draw them off mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. But and there are other comebacks too. Um, but man, we were down they were down 3-0 to the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees, I mean, the it's- team. The and this was back when the Yankees, guys, when the when the Yankees were amazing. They had just yep. come off, I believe, three straight World Series champ uh, wins and 98, 99, 2000, or 99, 2000, 2001. My years may be off, but this was back early years of Derek they Jeter. Three and straight. Three yeah. straight World Series. World Series. That is never, impossible. ever, ever happened. And they're still riding high off of that. Derek Jeter is amazing. One of the best shortstops in the game at that yeah. time. And then they run into the Red Sox. Sorry, Garrett, to cut you off, but no, 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 just no, 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 to keep no, it in no. context. Think about this. 
between 03 and 04, the Red Sox and Yankees played each other play, played each other 62 times. The Red Sox won 37, the Yankees won 35. I mean, it was the best baseball competition out at that time. The rivalry, the story of the players, you had A-Rod, you had Jeter, you had Ortiz, you had Ramirez, you had Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon was the Red Sox, switched to the Yankees, and, and you had great pitching. You had Clemens uh, around at that time. You had Pedro Martinez. Uh, you had – there were so many guys. Uh, that's the thing that I think is missing from today's baseball. Today's baseball is all about analytics and, and all the, you know, who's the executive. And back then it was about the players, the personalities. You could actually fight back then. I remember, (laughs) you're going to laugh at this Mm -hmm. back in 03, Grady Little. Okay. Grady Little. I'm going to name drop you was about 800 years old. Okay. (laughs) And he, he was sitting on the rest in peace, Grady Little, but he was sitting on the bench. They going at it. Grady Little, okay, who's a thousand years old. Now he's a thousand. He's running out towards Pedro, and Pedro flings him on the ground. A grandpa, a great grandpa. He flings him <laughs> on the ground. That. I remember that. I remember that situation. I do. <laughs> I mean, that's how intense the rivalry was. And Pedro, here's Pedro. He's in an interview, and he says, "Well, you might as well just call the Yankees my daddy." <laughs> and he was there. He was. It was game five or game six mm-hmm. of that of that ALCS and the Yankee fans are chanting who's your daddy who's your daddy and Pedro went out there and dominated then you had Schilling the bloody sock the infamous sock game <laughs> and he is basically getting a surgery before the game starts and he proved he said you know you could say it was fake or not. he goes I can show you <laughs> the scars <laughs> and the, what, what happened back then they basically stitched his ankle back together for that game. The man goes out and throws six or seven shutout innings against, mm-hmm. like I said, basically a lineup, a full lineup of Hall of Famers. I mean, back then, if you were looking at the all-star team, it was like 60% Yankees and 40% Red. The whole all-star team is those two teams. And so we knew whoever wins this series wins is going to win the World Series, Okay. I mean, we played St. Louis. They they got swept. St. Louis got swept. I mean, back then, the it was just the AL was dominant. It was Yankees, Red Sox, and that was it. It was everybody else. Down 3-0. And game three, the Yankees destroyed the Red Sox at home. It was like 19 to 8. And it was over. It was like, this is it. The curse continues. And then Dave Roberts, manager now of Dodgers, the Dodgers, steals second base. And then Mar, you know, Mariano Rivera, who never blows a save, blew a save. And then you're thinking, okay, 3-1, but come on, it's the Yankees. And then it's 3-2. And then and I remember I was up to – some of those games went to 2 a.m., 3 a.m., some 14-inning, 15-inning games. And I watched every pitch of those games. And the only game I can compare to those games was that Cubs World Series. When the Cubs won the World Series, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it went – that that was the type of game it those games were. Mm-hmm. And it was enthralling and, and just – I'm not a big Joe Buck fan, but I, I was actually enjoying listening to Joe Buck back then. <laughs> back then. And, yeah, I'll never forget that. There's there's actually some pretty good documentaries out there. Uh, you know, a, it was like a, a week in, a night in October, a week in October or something like that. There's a there's a series that ESPN did is so good. Uh, Bill Simmons, they had an interview with him. And it, it's just he's, you know, how he is. He's yeah. pretty biased, but he's interesting to listen to. But if you're ever interested in, in, you know, looking back, there's some great 
uh, footage and documentaries that they got. But this, there was some there were some great characters on those teams. Kevin Millar, uh, you, Kevin Euclidus. There was who it became a Yankee too. I mean, basically, it was whoever had the most money was going to buy the championship back then, because uh, this was pretty much pretty much post steroids, because uh, they had, in the early 2090s was really when they you know they had the uh, the report and the meeting in Congress and all that, and so they kind of there was still some players here and there, but it was kind of after that. And so it was, it was the best baseball competition ever. That's what I can remember from that series. Amazing. What about recent years? We talked a lot about the two thousands. What about between like 2010 to 2020 um, yeah. Celtics got a little, got, got better, got Brad Stevens. Amazing to get him to go from Butler to Boston. Um, it, he said it was a no-brainer. I mean, if you can go from being the head coach at Butler University to being the head oh. coach of the Boston Celtics, it kind of is a no-brainer. You, and he's, he did it so well. I just wanted to make the best move for me and my family. Great, Brad. I would, too. I mean, it's almost <laughs> like a no-brainer. Butler, great right. tradition. Boston, one of the best franchises in NBA history. It makes a whole lot of sense. And so you got the Celtics. Red Sox, again, you have – New England Patriots. I'm trying to, I don't want to say their name, but I got to respect them. Um, and I believe I want to say the, the Bruins have been decent to good as well. What sticks out from the past decade? More recent, I'm sure the memory bank is a lot fresher from things that have happened more recently than those that have happened two decades ago. I think just the sure amount of opportunity to win championships is unparalleled. You know, when one team was bad, then there was always the other team was in the championship or fighting for the championship. Uh, there was a year Brady... Actually, that was might have been before 2010, but he got hurt. And so, but you know, we could still watch these other the same year. I think Celtics won the championship. So there was always that. There was always another franchise that was right there. The Red Sox, I think, have won three or four this decade, or and the Patriots have been in many Super Bowls this decade. And uh, I think you know, there's so many moments. I think that's the thing you can you can do, and it's hard to do. Also, is just bottle up moments. But where, but what we're seeing, what I can remember, we're seeing now is these guys that I grew up on are now, you know, older and retired or about to retire. Uh, and so that's like, it's like a changing of the guard. Um, and that's kind of a sad part too. Not even just Patriots teams. I, I like, you know, like you say, you talk about respect. I mean, a man like Peyton Manning and there's other players that just garner respect just to watch, to see him retire was sad. You know, I didn't want to see him go. I wanted that to, you know, continue on forever. <laughs> Those games and the rivalry and just, we really looked forward to that. Um, and I, 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 I like winning and, and the, winning the championships is, is awesome. Uh, in, in all four, we say four major sports, um, even with the Bruins, my dad uh, got to go to the parade and they had, even the hockey team had over a million people at the parade. Wow. And he said it was we're really incredible uh, to be at, you know, and they do like a, uh, like a duck boat. They, they have the duck rally, mm -hmm. you know, they, the famous Boston duck boats and, and they go out there and, and, uh, go ride through the town and, and the fans are out there. And, and he just said, it's just incredible. Uh, the spirit, even, but even when, uh, even when we lose the passion that's there. And I think that's something that's special about being a fan in this area is that it's, it's like a personal, it, we take it personally. Like it's a personal, some teams or some fans, they can lose and they'll wake up the next day and it doesn't even affect them, but it yeah, affects yeah. people <laughs> deeply and the Boston area, like it's a personal experience. And I feel that way about, there's a lot of cities that are like that too, but uh, Boston is one of the, one of the rare places that's like that, where you can, 
like you can you can ask me, well, hey, what happened 17 years ago with this game? It's just we can remember that stuff because it means something. It's personal. Uh, and and so I think that's that's something that I gained from the last 10 years, how much more personal it was. And the more that I see my family getting older, my uncles, my dad, my grandfather, the more like important it is to me because those are memories that you're going to hold on to. Like I remember, you know, I remember where I was when I was watching this game with my dad and what happened and, and, you know, what, what we said and the feeling or when we lost and, you know, all those things, it's, it's, it's a personal experience. Personal experience, Garrett Grandy, my goodness. Um, this has been fun. We're not done yet guys. There's one more topic I want to bring up one more thing. It's not anything that happened early two thousands. No more Paul Pierce, no more Tom Brady, no more, um, uh, Ty law talk, no more, no more Brad Stevens. No more. We, we didn't. We could have brought up Bill O'Brien. We could have brought up so many things. Boston Bill Sports. We, oh no gosh. more world, uh, Yankees and Red Sox talk. No more. We didn't talk about hockey because your boy, I don't know about hockey. But this <laughs> year, there's a quarterback by the name of Cameron Newton. And before this season, Garrett came on the Jay Stevens podcast. You can go back and listen to the go NFL preview listen. with Garrett Grandy. And he will talk about Cameron Newton and his expectations and how Garrett thought Cam Newton would play. I told Garrett that, well, Cam Newton can't throw the ball. I tried I tried to warn him, polite. Now, it wasn't as I wasn't as animated as this. I was very calm. I was very collected. Yeah, you I was were. very cool throughout the entire time. But I tried to tell Garrett, Cam yep. Newton, he can't throw the ball. Right. Cam Newton, don't trust him. You, you should have got somebody else. Should have drafted somebody. Don't trust Cameron Newton. And guys, this is my one time to gloat and to be very, very happy with what I can say right now to Garrett Grandy. Because my (laughs) whole life, our whole friendship, Garrett Grandy has been the guy with Boston sports that Boston has been a better sports town than Indianapolis. The Patriots used to always (laughs) beat the Colts in the playoffs. I remember one time when Eli Manning beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, I got the bright idea to buy a towel because I wanted to wave something in the face of Garrett Grandy. Well, right now, I don't need a towel. I just need my mouth and my voice because, Garrett, <laughs> you messed up. I warned you. I warned you so much. You shouldn't have listened. You, should, you shouldn't have trusted Cam. Cam can't throw. Cam is probably still hurt. He's a little fragile. You had the bright idea. No, Jake. No, 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 no. I haven't listened to you before. I won't listen to you now. And Cameron Newton has Garrett Grandy blowing up my phone when the Patriots are playing football because Cam is making him really upset. One of these days, my friend, you'll listen to me. But until that day, when it comes to Cameron Newton, I want to remember this day, remember this video. It'll be on YouTube. And I remind Garrett Grandy about the time that Jay went off and had a smile on his face because he reminds everybody, Jay was right, Garrett was wrong. Sorry, Garrett, I had to get it off my chest because, man, that felt oh so good. You should have just listened to me, man. You should have listened to me. (laughs) He can't even talk. He can't even talk. (laughs) What do I here? What do I say? First of all, <laughs> man, this is so much fun. Cam, so much this fun. Is, Cam Newton will never see this, but I'm going to pretend that he was on the other side of this video. Cameron Newton, please don't pick up a football, look at a football, practice for. Don't study it. Don't watch it. Go do something. Go sell cars, please. Go. <laughs> Become a fashion model for your clothes <laughs> and your hats and your squirrel feathered hats that you wear in your interviews. 
This man the other day was yawning in an interview. And I'm sitting there thinking, what are you yawning from? You don't do anything. The man, I watched the game the other day. This is, this is my rant, okay? First of all, you were right. I was wrong. I concede you were right about Mr. Cam Newton. I watched the game yesterday. First drive. If I was to, if I was a betting man and I had a I had fifty billion dollars, and I said what will be the Patriots' first play, and I w- I would have put down probably forty nine and a half billion on the QB sneak from Cam Newton draw to the right. He's gonna probably <laughs> pitch it to somebody behind him seventeen yards. He can pitch it fine. He can his pitching ability is great. When it comes to actually throwing a forward pass in the NFL. He is the worst thrower of the football I have ever seen. There, Think about this, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This season, Andy Dalton has thrown more touchdowns in three games than this man has thrown the entire season. <laughs> it this keeps getting better, folks. Five. That's how many touchdowns this man. And Jay's right. I'm watching. I got to say, I got to rant to somebody. I'm texting Jay. And I'll Jay, this guy, this guy sucks, man. This, this is bad. Put in Stidham, and now, oh, now we're gonna put him in. Now that we're out of the playoffs, we're gonna put him in. I would have rather seen Julian Edelman throw the. <laughs> Jacoby Myers threw a good pass. I'd rather see him. Doug Flutie, call him up. Joe Montana, how old's he? Sixty-two. Call him up. Anybody but Cam. My goodness. But hey, what can I say? It's our time. It's like I texted Jay, I texted you, and I said, so this is what it feels like <laughs> to lose and to miss the playoffs and to know and to know you're going to lose. Like the feeling of knowing you're going to lose a game has never happened to me. Never. Like I could, I could go back 10 years and go, okay, we're going to play this team and then divisional round, we're going to beat them and then probably win the AFC. The Super Bowl will be a toss-up, but we'll at least get to the Super Bowl. I don't even know if this man could, if he played the Boston College Eagles, if he could beat them. I, that's all I got to say. You were right. I was wrong. We're in, we're in for a dark, dark winter and time. And this man is in his interviews. And they, and I'm done after this man, but he said, the guy asked him, they said, do you feel like, you know, that you're to blame for the, the lack of success? And he looked at the camera and said, well, I went out there and I gave it my best effort. <laughs> that, uh, he went out there and gave it his best effort, throwing it into the ground. He can't throw a 10-yard pass. He's done. You're right. The shoulder, I don't know, COVID, he had COVID. Maybe COVID made, I don't know, one of the symptoms of coronavirus is the inability to throw a football. But, <laughs> but this man cannot throw a football. He cannot throw a football. I'd rather... I, I'd rather watch golf than watch this man play. Charlie Woods is a better golfer than Cam Newton is a better football player. So there you go. (laughs) Garrett Scott Grandy, my friend, guys. I had no idea that was going to come out of his mouth, the rant that he just went on, but I enjoyed every second of it because I don't think anybody fully understands the kind of torture, mental torture, the memories I have from my childhood because of the New England Patriots, Peyton Manning gets to the playoffs. He, this guy right in front of me has to switch his hat to just remind me about how much better as a kid his franchise <laughs> was in mine. 
And so now as well, an I'm glad adult, you said franchise. I'm glad you say franchise and team because there were some really great Colts players. I have a lot of respect for Peyton Manning and, uh, you know, I'm not going to dog him at all. I don't have anything bad to say about that man. So <clears throat> I, I respect that a lot. But once yeah. again, Garrett, I enjoyed this so much. Not just the entire time together, but the highlight of our time together was me being able to just remind you and everyone else watching <laughs> that Jay was right. You're right. Garrett was wrong. If was you're wrong. a fan of the Patriots, don't trust Cam Newton. If you're a fan of Cameron Newton, please, by, by just do one Write him a letter. Tell him, please, as your fan, please stop playing. You're do embarrassing yourself. Do not trust Cam Newton. Don't do it. If it was college, I think it'd be a different story. The man's that 31, man and they asked him if he was going to retire. They said, are you going to retire? That's how bad he's been playing. Like, <laughs> don't you realize how bad you are when the guy says, you're 30 years old, and the guy says, hey, you thinking about retiring? <laughs> That's not bad. Done, Garrett, Garrett has more to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Oh, my goodness, Garrett. Thank you so much for being the very first guest on Let Fans Talk with Jay Stevens, Boston sports fan. We could have gone on forever, but we don't <laughs> want to keep you all day long. Garrett, we'll do this again. Be live right here on Facebook and <laughs> give the people some more of what they want. You got a rant. I got a rant. We all yeah. have things to rant about. Next time, we may talk about something more current going on in sports. Right sure. now, reminiscing a little bit about your fandom as a Boston sports fan for your entire life. It has been fun, enjoyable at times, but the best part was reminding you you were wrong. Gary Grandy, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. No problem, sir. I really appreciate the honor to be on your first guest. And so, uh, yeah, everybody go go watch go watch and uh, go listen to his podcast. And he's up to, what, 170 episodes now? So something like that. 161 came out today (laughs) on Monday morning and then be just keep, keep rolling along, keep rolling along. Have some more things coming up and Garrett Grandy will be on the podcast coming up soon. I didn't ask him yet. I'm just telling him right now, Garrett, open up your schedule. I need you. Thanks guys. This has been fun. We will be back here again uh, about a week or two from now.